third of a percent. Uh, the Nikkei 225 is steaming ahead about two thirds of one percent at the moment. Over in South Korea, the Cosby is down about half a percent. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to be very slightly lower, about uh, five or ten points lower uh, at the open this morning in the commodities markets. Brent crude oil trading above $50 at $50.80 a barrel. Gold is down about $3 at $1,837 an ounce. And the currency to watch, the British pound this morning, it is strengthening here in Asian trading. It's at $1.33 and a quarter at the moment against the US dollar. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do stay tuned for back chat. Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse coming up in just a moment. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few uh, few rain patches. Maximum temperature is going to be about 21 degrees, but the temperatures will drop significantly later during the day. And the outlook is for rather cool mornings in the next couple of days. Temperatures rising slightly during the day in the latter part of this week. 21 degrees right now, and it's 80% relative humidity. 8.31, Samantha Butler has the half-hour news. The first shipments of coronavirus vaccine have left Pfizer's factory as work is getting underway to inoculate the U.S. population. But Dr. Monsef Slaoui, chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed, said he was concerned at the hesitancy shown by many Americans about the vaccine. Here's the BBC's Libo DeSecco. The first of nearly three million doses of the Pfizer vaccine leave the firm's plant in Michigan. Packed on dry ice, they'll go out to distribution centres in all 50 states. The first immunisation could take place as early as Monday. The government says it's aiming to vaccinate 20 million people by the end of the year, 100 million by the end of February. A recent survey showed that willingness to take the vaccine has gone up, but it's still under the levels needed to achieve that all important herd immunity. The U.S. National Security Council is looking into reports that hackers supported by an unidentified foreign government have broken into the Treasury and Department of Commerce and access sensitive information. Here's the BBC's Ben Lowings. The attackers are said to have been monitoring internal email traffic within the Treasury and a commerce agency dealing with internet policy. The National Security Council said it was taking all necessary steps to identify and remedy any possible issues related to the situation. According to unidentified officials cited in reports from both the Reuters news agency and the Washington Post, the hackers are thought to have been working for Russia and are understood to have targeted a top cybersecurity firm in California last week. The best-selling British author and former secret agent John le Carre has died at the age of 89 after a short illness. His breakthrough novel, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, was followed by several other spy novels, including Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Here's the BBC's Nick Hyam. John le Carre started out as a spy. He was working for MI6 at the British Embassy in Bonn when he wrote his breakthrough novel, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. The Berlin Wall had just gone up, and the book reflected the paranoia of the Cold War at its iciest. Le Carre's real-life experience of espionage gave his books a certain authenticity. Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy was about the search for a traitor in British intelligence. His later books became more obviously political. One of his last, The Constant Gardener, attacked the cynicism of the big pharmaceutical companies and of the Western governments that supported them. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Jewett and your co-host today, Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking today about the absence of a monorail in Kai Tak 
And also the uh, new link between Tunmun and Cheknapkok Airport. The government announced last Wednesday it's going to cancel the monorail project in Kai Tak after spending a decade and millions of dollars on public consultations and studies. In the policy address last month, the chief executive said a multimodal, environmentally friendly linkage system with new bus and green minibus routes would be more sustainable for the area. Why are minibuses and buses more preferable than a monorail in Kai Tak? What about the traffic flow? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email bankchat at rthk.hk or you can call us. And our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. After 9.15, as I say, we're going to be discussing that new road connecting uh, and tunnel connecting Tunmun to Cheklapcock and the implications of uh, that with a district councillor. As ever, our email address, bankchat at rthk.hk. Let's maybe start off with a few uh, emails on uh, different topics relating to uh, things that people have heard on RTHK and other programmes. Uh, we will return to COVID tomorrow. We're just giving Mike a day off today <laughs> by not talking uh, about uh, COVID. Uh, first of all, the uh, ongoing discussion uh, <clears throat> between Herman and uh, Matthew on uh, Maoists. Uh, Ma- okay, Herman says, regarding your earlier question on Maoists, Matthew, anyone who can competently perform an online search for the term might come across India's definition of Maoism as the form of communism developed by Mao Zedong, a doctrine to capture state power through a combination of armed insurgency, mass mobilization, and the use of propaganda <clears throat> and disinformation against state institutions. Today, people who are called Maoists may not necessarily embrace the views of the late chairman, but they are associated with extreme intolerance, automatically launching aggressive, loud, crude, verbal and written tirades with rabid religious fervour against anyone with opinions diverging from their own, even in the slightest. Maoism is also often associated with dictatorship, and there are certainly those who would, as I've noted before, defend the authoritarianism of a state to turn itself into a new East Germany, simply because the country of which that state is a part is a quote-unquote democracy. If you want to learn more about Maoists, Matthew, take a look at the 2016 New Yorker and 2017 SCMP essays comparing Donald Trump to Mao. Uh, I hope this gets helps you better understand Maoists, Matthew. Herman also says, and if anyone says these people... Uh, Oh, sorry, this is okay. This is a follow-up to uh, another comment from Herman, who says that given that flying lying Ted Hoy is accused of embezzling around $850,000 collected through crowdfunding for private prosecutions, according to RTHK, and that Sixtus Lung, a former member of LegCo and the convener of Youngspiration, who fled to the US, is said to owe the government $4 to $5 million, including the 930 a thousand owed to the Legislative Council, respect of his previous salary and expenses. Why don't you have a show about how to get the money these guys owe back? And Herman adds, and if anyone says these people should be allowed to go rather than reply to them, rather allowed to go, rather than reply to them with tell that to the people whose money they've absconded with, I'll say, let's see what you would do if they embezzled your money. Uh, Andrew Kay, uh, uh, says on Ted Hoy, why are you giving a platform to this guy? Saturday morning, 8.15, he's jumped bail and run away to the UK, which I'm sure he now realises was a mistake, hence his desperation to remain relevant. And uh, on the subject of Chris Patton, Andrew Kay says, can we be excused from having to listen to our last governor, Saturday 9 o'clock news? As I've said before, history will judge this guy very poorly, and he never seems to go away. Perhaps his time in Hong Kong is his only claim to fame. And S says, may I suggest that the Santa phone 
evening, which you, which you did on Friday's back chat, be moved to the children's programme on Sundays. I realise that Santa mainly gives presents, but the whole focus was on presents and how to be good. You have to be re- and how to be good. You have to be rewarded with a present. There is much more to Christmas than this materialism. But I suggest please scrap it next year and save the time for some adult issues. Uh, says S. And on today's topic, Alan says, and we'll return to your email, uh, Alan. By the way, there were some others on COVID, but we, we will return to COVID, but I think probably tomorrow, so I'll save them for that. Alan, anyway, says, on Kitak, a monorail for Kitak, save that kind of stunt for Disneyland. Use a technology that is tried, true, cheap, and traditionally Hong Kong. Trams. Then, instead of the next trillion-dollar road project, extend the track to Chimsa Choi. Additionally, for transport within Kaitak Peninsula, bicycles. They spent $90 million on studies. Instead of that, for $1 million, they could buy 2,000 public bicycles and then spend a million a year on staff to regulate and repair them for the next century. Get Flying Pigeon to make them and market them as patriotic. Aside from being cheaper compared to minibuses, less noise, fewer deaths due to being run over or breathing diesel fumes. That is from Alan, thank you very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk. Right, and out of the topic of the day, or the, the first topic of the day, monorail Kaitak, we've got on the line Jeff Bent, Managing Director of Worldwide Cruise Terminals. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Mike. Um, Jeff, first of all, before we get into the detail of the monorail, uh, ignoring 2020, which has been a disaster year all round, how was the cruise terminal doing? up until 2019? The cruise terminal has been doing quite well. The government set targets for passenger throughput for 2023, and um, we managed to reach those in 2016. So the passenger throughput numbers have been um, about seven years ahead of target. Because, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of murmuring. A lot of people say it's a white elephant. Yeah, actually, the, the cruise terminal is about 90% paid off. The, um, the government spent $6.6 billion to build it, and the economic benefits of a ship call are about $8.3 million. That's including, you know, tugs, uh, tugs uh, pilots, uh, bunkers, you know, as well as all the, the travel agents and shore excursions and, and coaches and so on. So um, we've had about 750 calls to date, um, that puts us within about, you know, 50 ship calls of, of break-even on the government's investment. Um, for a 50-year, you know, generally a building like this is depreciated over 50 years, so we're, we're well ahead of the curve. Okay. Now, there are two types out there. That is, uh, cruise ships that call in on, uh, in between two other cities, and then there's cruises that start and, or finish in Hong Kong. Yes, and... Um, I think traditionally Hong Kong was a place where the cruise ships stopped over and, um, and people would, would get off and, and walk around and, and shop and have a look at the um, museums and, and cultural attractions. And the goal of this new facility was to become a home port, mostly because the economic benefits are, are much greater. The amount of overall spend on a home port where people begin and end their journey are much more and in fact um, about 90 percent of our of our passenger throughput at the Kaitak cruise terminal is for home porting. Right. But that has implications for ground transportation doesn't it? It really does and I think um, the main difference is that for planning for a port of call um, 
people generally arrive um, on the ship. They come and go um, throughout the day at their at their leisure. They're not carrying luggage. Right. And a lot of them will go on, on coach tours. They leave, the, they leave the trunk in the cabin and just take a, a handbag or something. Absolutely. Their hotel um, brings them to all the different cities, and they don't need to pack and unpack at any of the intermediate stops. They, they're free to, to get out and roam about as they like for a port of call. But if it's a home port... But then for a home port like ours, um, because it's the place where people start and end their journey, um, people um, all need to bring their, their luggage to the cruise terminal. And I think particularly because people know that their floating hotel will bring them from place to place, um, people tend to bring a lot of luggage and they accumulate um, souvenirs as they, as they go about their cruise. So <laughs> Yes, they do. So, yeah. But uh, what would what was the significance of the monorail then? Does that help people bring in big amount big amounts of luggage and then take it away again at the end of their cruise? It it does not. I think um, a monorail would be um, a, another form of, of steady regular public transport. But um, unlike the Airport Express, where there is you know a, a luggage handling aspect. To it, you know, at Kowloon and, and right. Central Stations, you can drop your bags and, and be done with them. Um, for Kai Tak, um, the the luggage would not be served particularly well by by the mooted monorail. But you're not happy with its cancellation. Yeah, I think unfortunately the um, the district has been planned around having a monorail. Um, and, um, you know, I, I agree with the caller that, you know, frankly, um, you know, a tram or, or light rail solution might have been just as good. But, um, but some, you know, five or six years ago, that, when that was um, mooted to the, to the government, it was, it was turned down because we were going to build a, a monorail. But um, the, the planning standards allow for um, less parking when there are MTR stations in the vicinity within, within 500 meters. And so the whole district has been designed with um, less parking, assuming that there would be MTR stations. And so what we found is for a, a building the size of the Kai Tak Cruise Terminal, normally there should be about 850 parking spaces, but the building was built with only 120. So... We have um, quite a large number of people who, who actually would like to um, park and cruise same way that they can uh, park and fly at the airport right. and more park and fly being built at the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge terminus. Um, there's park and ride at the high-speed rail and also at the Airport Express. Um, there are a lot of people who would be interested in that solution here because when you're traveling with your extended family, which is quite common on cruises, grandparents, kids, um, and a lot of luggage, a lot of people would prefer to take point-to-point um, -point rather than the typical public transport mode of minibus to MTR, change lines once, and then take another, take another you, bus. Your you know, people are going to come by taxi, aren't they, or hire a car? A, a lot of them um, do come by taxi, and arriving by taxi works quite well because people are coming from distributed points around Hong Kong, um, usually in the afternoon when they can, when they can find taxis. However, 
for the disembark, that takes place in a narrow window of about two hours. And right. it's everybody disembarking at one specific point. So our, our issue is usually um, when, when people start coming out to the curb at 8 a.m., um, it's rush hour. You can't find a taxi anywhere in Hong Kong, and there definitely will not be 4,000 taxis for, you know, 4,000, 5,000 people disembarking from the ship, you know, with, with luggage at that time. And, and these people all have, you know, they took a cruise. They all have enough money to pay for a taxi or a higher car. Um, and even though there are, there are options available, like there are free shuttles to nearby MTRs, and, and now there's a couple um, public buses, the fact is... Um, it, it's just too inconvenient when you're when you're with the grandparents and the kids and a lot of luggage and and people would would rather um, would, would really rather drive and I think it's in our interest to let local people who can drive and want to drive to do park and cruise and then that way for the overseas visitors who don't have that option their their wait for a taxi will be less. We should just explain that the plan for the monorail is, is, is not just like down the length of the old runway. Uh, it's a kind of loop. It's effectively a loop, isn't it? Cro crossing from Kuantong across the, the, the Nullah, across the, 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 uh, the sea uh, between the end of the old uh, runway and, and, and the land, going down the length of the, uh, of the runway and then connecting to uh, Kai Tak, so sort of a Kowloon city there, and then coming back round to, to Kowloon Bay, to the MTR. So catching to the MTR at, at numerous points, and as I say, making a kind of loop. So it's th there's the cruise terminal, but there are other, you know, um, people who would benefit from, from the access. Uh, Quentin Chung joins us now, public transport from the public transport research team. Mr Chung, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. So, what, what do you make of the, uh, the government's decision over the uh, monorail? Well, you'd love to have, obviously. Uh, Okay, Mr. Chung, Mr. Chung, sorry, I'm afraid we're not getting, uh, we can't hear you properly. Maybe if we could, um, uh, let's see if we can, we can, see if we can, yeah, maybe a little bit better? Try again? Is it better? Yeah, that's better, yeah, carry on. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, government waste a lot of time to to design the monorail project is not practical. Mm -hmm. uh, you hear me? Yes, go on, yep. congested already. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very congested at the moment. Um, 
So uh, at the Kushu, even the Kushu terminal uh, told, uh, said, uh, "Oh, this is not a big deal. Uh, just simply just take a taxi to go to go to the terminal." But that's that's still a, a very serious problem of that because the rules are patent. I, if I can, if I can, I, I wouldn't say it's not a big deal. I, I think it is a big deal that the monorail was canceled, but I'm I'm not so much about mourning. The loss of the monorail as what sort of plans we develop going forward, and so far, the plans that have been mooted are all okay for I would say sort of leisure park visitors. Things like a two-plus kilometer travelator from Outhalgok MTR, more biking and running trails, a walkable landscape deck.、Um, All these things are are fine for for park visitors, but I, I'm just saying that it, it wouldn't suit、um, the needs of homeporting cruise passengers, and and we need to rethink、um, to to plan. I would say specifically by adding more parking、um, requirements in the unsold lots adjacent、right. to the cruise terminal. What about the residents and and the people working? Because this is a big residential area as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the most.、Uh, Problem for、uh, suspending the monorail project is the most. Uh, uh, I would say、um, for for those、uh, people who use、uh, the cruise terminal, they they are just for leisure, right? But the people who work there, who live there, they suffer every day from this. Right. Will the、yeah. travelator compensate for the monorail? I don't think so. It's, it's totally different thing.、Uh, it, yeah, yeah, the elevator, the travelator, that that facilitates people to walk for further distance. But、uh, I don't think、uh, people will walk for or five kilometers travelers to go for their areas. Is the travelator covered or uncovered? Mr. Chang, well, would, would that make sense?、Mm, that's a terrific, I would say. But,、um, uh, I, I, but uh, I, yeah, Jeff, I mean, I, I haven't looked at the whole report, but、um, 
uh, it seems a little odd that they can't build that. They can't even build a bridge across that uh, the typhoon shelter you're talking about. Just the the gap between the land and the the end of the runway. Um, I, I, I don't. Um, I don't think they cannot build. They can do so. Even uh, maybe I would say even um, just just depends on uh, which level, which levels, uh, which height that you have to build on. Uh, they think they cannot cross the entrance of the typhoon shelter. It's not. It's not makes sense for me. Because legally, it's reclamation, isn't it? If you build a bridge across it, yes, it works on or over under the reclamations ordinance. So uh, there's a presumption against it unless you can prove. Remember that judgment earlier. Five points you have to prove that there's no. Practicable alternative. I think they could probably get over that presumption. Um, yeah. I'm worried about what's going to happen to the traffic at, at ground level. Actually, if with with no monorail, there's going to be more cars, more buses, more minibuses. I just think it's not going to serve anybody. Isn't that the trouble, Jeff Bent, with putting more parking in? You put more parking in, you get more cars. You just get more congestion in that. I area. think it's. Um the, the difference is for um, typically a, a large bus that can normally seat um, 200 people, um, when, when they're seating people with luggage, they can, they can maybe only carry 40 or so. So for us to disperse 4,000 people, um, it, would, it would take... Um, you know, a hundred of those buses, but then those buses need to run every day, 18 hours a day. So versus if people are, are driving cars, you know, some percent, I, you know, obviously a lot of people will still pay, take public tra transport, but then they will come in once, say on a Thursday afternoon and leave once, say on a, on a Sunday morning. And, and so actually vehicle times on, on the road will be, will be much fewer. And you have high peaks. Your point here, isn't it? It's it's extremely peaky. Yeah. Th isn't that a classic case where you should be providing the transport? You should um, you should just it should just be an extension of the the service you provide. You should be running shuttle buses that connect to the uh, ships, which go to um, uh, the to go to the MTR. But people will chat. They'll be on the MTR with lots of luggage. Yeah, there, I should say those th those things are all there, and um, there there aren't actually any ports um, that provide transport, but but um, in in Hong Kong and it's it's rare elsewhere. But there there are shuttle buses to and from MTR stations. There are some paid shuttles that go to some transport hubs. But um, sorry, there aren't always, any ports which provide transport in in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's the case. Uh, you know, if you think about the. Um, the Macau Ferry Pier, the the um, the container ports. It, it's it's but not. They're, they're downtown, the, aren't they? They're right in the middle of things. Yeah, yeah, Ocean Terminal. Yeah, those. So, um, but but then I, I'd say, you know, who who provides it is is it's generally not the port. But I, I will say those things already exist. There are free shuttle buses to MTR. There are, um, you know, there are franchise buses. There are paid shuttle buses. But out of 4,000 people, you know, you, you have to have a number of different alternatives. You, you can't have a, a one-size-fits-all, particularly for these large multi-generational 
families with luggage who who really don't want to sure, have to change modes five or six times. But, but there, uh, quite. But there are lots of users of that uh, uh, of that site, aren't there? There's there's yourself. There's the there's all the residential. There's also supposed to be that. Um, attraction at the at the very end of the runway. I don't know how how that's going. We maybe we could talk about that a bit a little bit later. But I'm saying all these people have different needs. Yeah. Uh, your, yours is is uh, very particular. So yeah. maybe there should be a particular solution, isn't? And I guess that's kind of implied by what the administration was saying, what the government was saying. I, I think the the things the government have put forth are excellent for the other users. But then um, we we have to remember that we put a, a major cruise home port here and, and also remember those users as well. What, what about that attraction? Is that still what's... Um, you know, it's been, it's been planned for the last, you know, six or so years. Actually, um, you know, we've, we've in the past asked if we can use the, the large uh, patch of, of empty asphalt there for... Um, for, for parking, but the answer that we always sorry get to, is... You know, sorry to butt in, Deb, but... Yep. You know, there was a competition, say, wasn't there? There was a competition and a winner. They decided to close Kai Tak. When was it? Ah. It was... <laughs> It was 90, 1989. It closed. It, it closed in 98. But they, did, I mean, they started talking about it in 1989, didn't they? Yes, they did. It's 89. You, you <laughs> can still see the, the runway marking. I, I've run out of fingers and toes to count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long they've been deciding what to what to do with the site. Okay, well, well we've got some emails as well. We'll, we'll get back to the topic uh, uh, in just uh, a little while. Uh, drop us a line, back to rthk.hk. We're also going to be talking later about the new tunnel, uh, linked connecting to the airport, a new connection, another connection, the uh, only the second, of course, uh, to the airport. Uh, this is going to uh, Tunman. We'll be talking about the implications of that. And the weather, mainly cloudy, bright, with a little bit of uh, low visibility. Temperatures up to 21 degrees, which it is at the moment, and 79% relative humidity. Negotiations. And despite the fact that deadlines have been missed over and over, we both think that it is responsible at this point in time to go the extra mile. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat on a Monday morning uh, with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverson. We're talking about the government's decision to scrap the uh, monorail uh, that uh, they had been uh, considering for uh, Kai Tak. Um, they had spent a considerable amount of money, uh, and I think uh, ten years. And was it ninety million dollars? I think on on studies and public consultations. A pretty penny or two on the on the monorail. They, they finally uh, ditched that. Uh, as I was saying just before the news at nine, they're still deciding what to do with that land. It's still a building site, although they decided that they would be moving in. I think it was nineteen eighty nine, wasn't it? Wasn't well. In fairness. The original... This is not about fairness. <laughs> yes, it is. The original plans for Kai Tak assumed uh, there would be reclamation mm-hmm. where the nullar is. Sure. It was only the later legal decision um, somewhere else in the harbour... Winston Chew's bombshell. That, ...that said you've and got Christine to... Christine Lowe, of course. You've got to get over these five things, I think it was. You've got to meet these five conditions before you can do any reclamation in the harbour. And it basically killed all the all the uh, consultation up to that point so they had to start again um so yeah i i mock long delays it's still in government, 20 years since it's then, a long it? time and one would have thought it could be a bit quicker than that but what's scary here is that the the plan for the transportation and everything else assumed the monorail 
if you suddenly take a major piece of infrastructure out, you're throwing things at that ground level, at surface level, that I'm not sure it's just going to be adequate. It, it can't be adequate. I'm not sure, of course, this is also mooted as a possibility for West Kowloon uh, as well, which uh, I, which is another kettle of fish. But I, uh, th- that has a real problem, I think, with access. And well, I've only ever managed to get there by walking long distances from the MTR. It is a long way, yeah. yeah. They, uh, which, being young and fit, of course, I'm well able to do. But. Indeed. <laughs> Whatever they, but whatever, not with luggage. <laughs> whatever Duncan Pescott says, it is, it is a long way. Maybe he's, I don't know what he's saying now. Uh, anyway, uh, talking about the Kaitak, we have with us uh, Quentin Chung, a public from the Public Transport Research Team, and Jeff Bent, who's managing director of the Worldwide Cruise Terminals. That's uh, the uh, private managers of the uh, Kaitak Cruise Terminal. We're going to be talking later about the Tunmun Tunnel. Okay, uh, lots of uh, interesting emails on different aspects of this, as well as the ongoing dispute between Herman and Matthew uh, as regards Maui's. Okay, uh, Jeff Bent, here's a quick one from Rick, who says, isn't the cruise industry history? No, I, I'd say it's not, and we have um, really robust forward bookings for um, 2022 and 2023. So so the uh, the cruise lines are planning for the future and and still come in to, to book the berths. So I, I think it's considered a, a one-off type effect. They're assuming the, the vaccine, surely? Yes. I mean, even the cruise out of Singapore, the cruise to nowhere, the ship had to turn back when somebody was diagnosed on board. And it was a, it was a false positive, but, um, but I, I think that shows that the system is, is working um, and it's Cruise ships have been running in the Med and uh, and Baltic, as well as out of Taiwan, um, and now Japan and Singapore as well, without a vaccine. But I think that um, yes, when when the vaccine is 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 out and widely distributed, that that will will take care of the problem. So 2022. Yeah, we we have plenty of bookings for for next year, um, as well as 2022 and even 2023. So it's a it's a forward looking industry that plans very far in advance, and and they are still planning. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is from Craig on Lantau, uh, who says, I'm kind of listening today as we sadly pack up for our move out, so forgive me if I'm missing the point. Forget the monorail, as I've raised a couple of times previously, I think the government should provision the infrastructure required for a hybrid electric trolleybus fleet. Uh, for example, all those e-service buses leaving the airport, which meander around the airport platform and Tung Chung, should be powered from overhead wires, therefore reducing noise and pollution around the airport. Once the buses are on the highway, they can leverage their normal diesel engines. The government can encourage usage by making the electricity free for the operators and over time expand the network. What does the panel think about that? That's Craig and Lantau. Quentin Chung, some kind of uh, hybrid buses which could be powered by electricity and have uh, regular engines? Uh, yeah, uh, I think you, you may say uh, other hybrid means to serve the area is possible, sure, you can use that. But uh, we, what we, uh, we should concern is the capacity of the collect uh, for 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 the railway that connecting to the area, uh, you see, uh, MTR Kunta Line is totally packed. Uh, you can you simply cannot let and other uh, more 
people to get into the system. Uh, so we have to do something to relieve the the pressure of present uh, railway lines. But that's that's a general transportation issue, isn't it? That's not peculiar yeah, to I, I the Kai Tak. I think we're losing you again, Mr. Chung. Maybe if we could we could call you back. Maybe we'll, is it? Let's, let's let's break let's break the line and see if we can call you call you back. Uh, just a couple oh, more. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, some more uh, emails. Uh, Alan uh, again. Uh, Jeff Ben on the viability of the whole industry. Uh, Alan says your guest in the cruise business wants the entire transport system to pander to his affluent customers who disdain public transport. Before we go all in to serve them, is the cruise industry even viable anymore? It will take years for it to recover from its role as a prime incubator for COVID, if it ever recovers at all. Does it make sense to spend untold billions to cater to this so-called industry? Is this an economic use of our resources? Another suggestion, run ferries from Kai Tak to Central, Chimsa Choi, Sai Kung, etc. No reclamation, basically zero infrastructure needed. That is from Alan. Mr. Ben? I um, fully support uh, a lot of the initiatives, um, like um, the government suggested electric buses, electric minibuses, um, very good. Um, Travelator to Autogok MTR, um, very good. Um, Greenway, biking, running, landscape deck for walking, um, these are all good things. Um, We also were very early... Uh, proponents of adding a ferry pier, which was not originally provisioned in Kai Tak, and one was built relatively quickly. Um, however, it's it's not really in the right place for where we need it today. And if the government built another ferry pier at the runway tip, where it's uh, directly um, passed when when ferries are going to and from Quintong, I think that would be a helpful addition. Um, I, I think all of all of these things are, are fine and good, and um, for residents in the district, um, the main thing that we need to look about uh, is, is how do we change the planning for the district now that there is not a monorail. I'm, I'm not mm. mourning the loss of the monorail. I'm not saying that we have to spend, you know, however many billions of, of, of dollars to build a monorail. I'm just saying that now that the monorail is not going to be built, then we need to make alternative provisions. and. Um, frankly, adding another um, two basement levels of parking in lots that have not been developed yet um, will not will not particularly cost anything, and in fact, should get a return. Um, so, okay. so, you need parking, basically. You need parking, or yeah. or yeah. or Uber. <laughs> well, we need parking just like are present at the airport right. and at the high-speed rail and at the. Um, um, airport express you know it's it's riding riding or park and cruise you know is right. um, but these things become cumulative isn't it if if you haven't got uh enough parking spaces then that's throwing a burden on uh the road system which is further affected by the loss of the monorail so although the monorail is not a key for you it kind of becomes part of a cumulative problem 
and um, and and to speak to to the issue you raised about about um, loading on the roads. Again, you know, we fully support the idea of more ferries. Like we think it would be great to have a, a guido operating inside the the uh, typhoon shelter, and then. Um, that uses the current pier, and if there were another pier at the end of the runway where existing ferries from North Point and um, and Quarry Bay already, or, or Saiwan Ho, already pass exactly that point, then then we could really tie them into the uh, into the into the transport infrastructure and reduce loads on the road. And and who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe open a, another couple routes as as well. I mean, there is the the so-called water taxi. Um, but I, I think again, it, it'll be good to to reduce loads on the roads. It won't cater to um, multi generational families with luggage. That that idea has got to be at least forty years old. I can remember water well, taxis that were going to circle the harbour. It's it's a circular yeah it's a circular it's a circular route and and I think nothing against it but but it's not. Um, it's not. It's not really a taxi. It's not. It's not point to point. You right. know, I, I tell you where I want to go, kind of thing. So, so the name a, is misleading. Yeah, it's like a bus route. Uh, okay, uh, some thoughts from listeners. Okay, MT says uh, the government transport planning is a mess. For example, it not only fails to address the rise in private car ownership, but actually appears to promote it. How can a green future area of Kai Tak be planned uh, with traffic congestion causing vehicles? That is from uh, MT. Uh, thanks for that. Okay, uh, Paul Zimmerman says, at the Harbourfront Commission, members have long been concerned over the monorail and could not understand why government kept pushing it. There is ample road space on Kai Tak for multimodal transport without the need for a monorail. The issue is in Kowloon Bay and Kuantong Tong is that there is not enough road space for adding pillars to support a monorail which only serves a small segment of the travellers uh, in those areas. Uh, Paul Zimmerman also says Jeff should get approval to remove a lot of the internal walls and use the building for exhibitions and shows and to only use the minimum space necessary temporarily for customs, immigration and quarantine. That is from Paul Zimmerman. Mr. Ben? Well, I, I always appreciate Paul's um, suggestions. And, and actually, um, we, we do hold a number of events. The, the issue in... Um, as recently as 2019 was the fact that we had a, a ship at berth um, every other day on average. And then um, usually the events and exhibitions need two or three days to set up, and then they have an event for two or three days, and then another day to tear down. So, so our issue is actually that we're, we're too busy <laughs> to, normally to, to have a lot of events. Now, hopefully we'll get back to that. I, you know, I don't know what next year is going to look like. But, I mean, but, yeah, I, I've looked at the, your, your event spaces. A couple of problems. One is that the shape is quite unusual, isn't it, because it's... Uh, long and thin, um, it's dictated by the kind of thing you do. Um, um, the, the other is access. It's really hard. It's hard enough to get in and almost impossible to get out. That That's, is the number one issue yeah. that event organizers raise with us. They mm. say, you know, it's a, it's a niche venue. You know, it's, it's not a typical hotel ballroom, um, but it's, it's very attractive for what it is for the right type of event. But the transportation in and out is, is terrible. But I think for, you know, for event organizers, um, you know, the things that have been mooted, you know, more electric buses, a travelator, um, those, those things should, should, work, um, should work well. Yeah. Mr. Chang, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, uh, I, I should say, uh, uh, even we have more parking space or something, uh, uh, yes, uh, then we say, say a very good point. Uh, very may help, but uh, it's not uh, it's not very uh, fit the least, especially uh, when we talk about the residents and the people who work there, not, not, not just the cruise ship uh, passengers. Uh, so uh, I think it's, it, that will be good. What what about? I mean, I just it just seems to be crying out for some sort of connection, some sort of bridge between the end of the runway and and uh, Kuantong. That looks like a sort of natural place to put it. What about even like a pedestrian bridge? Because then that uh, could connect to to uh, Kuantong, uh, MTR. And if you're going to have an attraction at the end of the uh, of the runway, I, people can they, walk there. I, I think they, they can they can do something, but long. Uh, uh, I, I, I I I feel that we are not mourning for for not doing the uh, monorail, but we have to find out what ways can let people to go to the what old one way area smoothly. Uh, what way? That's that's a that's a problem. That's that's okay. But uh, is it enough? We have to. We the government didn't uh, show very well. Is it enough to get people? To go to the uh, cruise ship terminal because um, the cruise ship terminal uh, shops not open frequency, right? <laughs> so uh, how can how, how can how can the uh, transport system let the cruise ship terminal shops can can open open more freely, uh, more more time can open uh, more frequency, uh, or how to get people to go to the uh, cruise ship terminals park. Jeff Benton, here's, here's a, uh, an, a comment on a Facebook page. You might want to directly address it. It's a little ruder than we normally allow, but you're here and you can answer it. And uh, I it like is pub- Okay, all right then. All right then. You're <laughs> stand by. David says your guest claims that the Kaitak cruise terminal has nearly broken even. I wish Mike Rouse had asked a follow-up question after hearing this nonsense. There is no way the cruise terminal has generated enough revenue to declare break-even. I'd be surprised if the revenue is even high enough to cover operational costs. Unless Mr. Bent is using the very fuzzy, unverifiable number overall economic benefit and not actually income made by the cruise terminal, he's lying about its economy, economic success. Kaitak is a massive white elephant that we better use as housing, something we desperately need. That is from David Andrews. Are you lying, Mr. Bent? Um, no, and I, I think, you know, people outside the industry um, maybe assume that, you know, all the economic benefits accrue to the terminal operator, but I, I think unlike, say, um, a container terminal where most of the, a lot of the economic benefits actually go to the terminal for for the cruise business, um, there are many, many externalities. And then, like I said before, this is um, pilots and tugs 
and bunkers and um, you know so, so you are talk- providers are you traveling. talking about the overall economic benefit yeah and and this is why it tends to be a government investment and not and not a private investment the government tried to get a private developer to build it but you know our developers are smart and they know that most of the benefits uh, the same reason that that people build a road you know in front of your house you know the road doesn't make any money you know if there's no toll on it but it has a lot of positive external economic benefits so that's why we build roads and and this is another piece of public infrastructure like that uh i think uh david would say that was fuzzy and unverifiable yeah, no, it's it's verifiable because you know the the government has gone and and quantified you know what what benefits the the tugs and pilots and bunkers and ship agents and ground handlers and, and <laughs> tour providers and you know advertising and travel agencies and you know the local cruise lines have all come set up offices in Hong Kong in the last several years. All, all these things are 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 quantifiable. Right, it's the difference between. Financial return and economic return. Correct. Okay, one more comment. This is from uh, Neil, who says, by cancelling the monorail, the number of injuries and deaths caused by road collisions will increase in the Kaitak area. Not only do monorails free up road space, they are environmentally friendly, generally provide a scenic journey, and importantly, they're a very safe form of transport. Uh, the new Tunmun Cheklap Kok link is long overdue. The cancelling of the bridge fee is a step in the right direction, and as soon as the uh, the uh, Western Harbour Tunnel returns to the government, all tolls can be scrapped. Drivers can choose the tunnel most convenient to their journey. The cost of running tunnels can be included in the vehicle licence fee. That's an idea from Neil, which is also a bridge to our second topic, which we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, Quentin Chung, thank you very much indeed for joining us thank this you. morning. Thank you. From the Public Transport Research Team, and many thanks to Jeff Bent, Managing Director of Worldwide uh, Cruise Terminals, who uh, operate the uh, Kaitak uh, Cruise Terminal. Uh, as mentioned, yes, we're going to be talking in just a moment about the uh, the Tun Mun uh, tunnel. Uh, just a couple more comments. Uh, first of all, Matthew, responding to Herman, says, Thanks for the long dystopian diatribe, Herman. I understand what the term Maoist means. I just think your attempt to use it as an insult in this context is a bit of an overly clever, modelled-up mess. Clearly, all the elements you ticked off in your own definition describe the regime and leadership you admire and strive so earnestly to cheerlead with these kinds of awkward arguments. I guess, by extension, it's actually a kind of Freudian-type compliment in your mind. So thank you. That is from uh, Matthew. And Alan says, I tune in and hear you reading a string of emails from Herman, not relating to today's topics, attacking pro-democracy figures, calling them libelous names, rambling about a perverse definition of Maoism that he found that equates Mao to Trump. Tell him to write a letter to Hong Kong and stop giving him a platform for his rants on Backchat. Then maybe you can read others on topic messages in full instead of cutting them off halfway through as you usually do. That comes uh, from... Alan, thank you very much indeed for that, uh, Alan. Uh, finally, as mentioned, to the uh, Tunmun uh, Tunnel. This is uh, due to open, I think, in uh, the end of uh, this month, uh, uh, with a uh, tunnel which will connect uh, Chek Lapcock and uh, the bridge, of course, uh, to, uh, to Tunmun, uh, providing another way uh, into Tunmun. Uh, it's a very expensive uh, project, uh, of course. Uh, for comment, we're joined now by Edward Ho, uh, Tunmun District Councillor. Mr Ho, good morning to you. Good morning. 
Hi, thanks, Commissioner, for joining us. So, um, this must be uh, good news for you and people in Tunmun. Yes, because we are all suffering from the Tunmun Road for a long time, and that is an alternative way, which is, which is really faster to go to Chalapkot. It's good for us. It's, we have been waiting for a long period of time. Good. This, this tunnel is uh, very deep, isn't it? It's very deep? Yes, it's got to go under the sea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a good infrastructure for Jim Moon, indeed. Although it's expensive, it's deep. Uh, okay. Hello, hello. Hello, yes, yes, Mr. Ho. All right. So, yeah. um, uh, this is, this. I mean, this will also connect to, not just to the airport, of course, but uh, it lands on the, uh, it connects to the bridge, doesn't it, over to Macau and, and uh, Juhai. Uh, will that be where most of the traffic is, that this will be a way that this will bring uh, traffic, cross-border traffic, uh, a flow across there? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it also connects to the... Uh, Because, yeah, the people don't have to go all the way along the Tumun Road uh, and then come in uh, across the Lantau Link to get to yeah. the airport. They can cut the whole corner. <laughs> okay, so, so it's a lot more uh, convenient for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we don't have so much anticipation to the new uh, pathway because the setting, the... Uh, the initial point in German is not really that really uh, convenient or safe for a uh, good flow of traffic because it is it starts from a turnaround and that is a very strange point. Okay. Uh, also with us is uh, Casey Tam from the Lorry Drivers Union. Mr. Tam, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Uh, what 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 do you think of this uh, tunnel? Is it good news yeah. for you? Yeah, I, I welcome the new tunnel connected to Moon to Airport. Uh, it's quite uh, 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 convenient and it stopped the journey time, uh, save money and save time. Uh, on, the other, uh, on the other hand, I'm much worried about the Sunday driver who don't really familiar the to Moon area, uh, especially the new Moon Road, uh, which is the uh, in intersection junction between Lightwell Network. Uh, I don't mean they, they don't, they, 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 they did not obey the traffic signal, but it is quite difficult for, for them, you know, uh, the drive, certain driver to, to understand the light wheel signal. It, it is quite dangerous. Uh, you know, it is quite uh, difficult uh, to break the light wheel to reach almost 20 tons, uh, although uh, we quite careful when passing the junction. Uh, so so uh, we, we urge the driver who passing the, the, the junction much obey the traffic signals with the course and speed. Right, so professional drivers can handle that uh, place where they, the two systems overlap, but uh, maybe occasional drivers need to pay a special attention? Yes, uh, I, I, I'm much worried the Sunday driver because they don't really familiar the traffic signal. Right, because the light rail is at... Is it, is it uh, the, surface, the library is the 
Um, do you expect that there will be a lot of traffic? I mean, this would be another way. Yes, in... I, I think I think uh, it's much more traffic flow between the the, the, the Tumut area mm. because they, they they will use they will use the new new road to to pass the uh, and the and the new 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 tunnel to to pass the uh, airport. This this will be a way for people in Shenzhen to get to mm-hmm. Zhuhai, won't it? Through through this through this new tunnel. Um, yeah. do, you, do you expect a lot of traffic there? But then we're also getting a new tunnel. I mean, a new yeah, a new uh, uh, a new connection between a new bridge uh, between uh, Shenzhen and Zhongshan, a uh, uh, higher up the Pearl River. Uh, and I don't, you know, we can also talk about perhaps about the influence that that will have. But you know, would you expect that there will be a lot of traffic between Shenzhen and Zhuhai through uh, Tunmun and through this new tunnel? To use the 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 new tunnel, uh, to the new t- new tunnel. Sure, going to the airport and and over to Zhuhai. Uh, and well, Macau. Yeah. Yeah, and Macau. Well, uh, Edward Ho, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Tumman District Councillor, thank you to uh, Casey Tam from the uh, Lorry Drivers Union. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Always a pleasure. Interesting about Kai Tak. I just worry that we're doing Kai Tak, what we did at Chimsa Choi East. We, we built it, and then we realised we hadn't planned the transport in and out properly. Uh, and we seem to have done it again. Were you, were you involved in Chimsa Choi's talk? Luckily for me, no. We did <laughs> once do a programme on that. It's a very funny place, isn't it, Chimsa yes, Choi East? It's a weird kind <laughs> of anomalous place. I have had to, occasion to visit there, and it's not easy. No, it's not easy. No, it's 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 hard to get to. Um, yeah, but there are all kinds of rumours, explanations. In, in the end, the best way is to, is to walk through the tunnels from Jim Sachu MTR. Yeah, which is quite a walk, isn't it? By the time you it get is. to the end, too. But it's okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll see if um, uh, Callan West ends up in the same situation. The weather before we go mainly cloudy, bright periods apart from uh, visibility relatively low at first. Uh, the maximum temperature will be about 21 degrees with a couple of rain patches with temperatures dropping significantly later during the day. And the minimum temperature will be around 15 degrees at night. Uh, temperatures rising slightly during the day in the latter part of the week. 22 degrees now and a relative humidity of 78%. To fight the virus together, we must protect ourselves and others and reduce social contact. Stay at home as far as possible. Avoid social gatherings and don't go to crowded places. Work from home if feasible. Don't shake hands with others. We should also avoid meal gatherings. Let's adopt these measures to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus in the community. For more information on fighting the virus, visit chp.gov.hk. 9.32, time for the news. An infectious disease expert says it's worrying that coronavirus cases from unknown sources has risen to almost 50%, saying this shows a lot of silent transmission in the community. Of yesterday's 91 local cases, 41 were untraceable. But Dr Joseph Jung told an RTHK programme that so far the virus hadn't mutated during the fourth wave of infections.
The Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nip, says people arriving in Hong Kong from next Monday should book a designated hotel for quarantine, even though the quarantine scheme takes effect the next day. He said this was just in case their flights were delayed or they had to wait for preliminary test results in non-designated hotels. And the first shipments of coronavirus vaccine have left Pfizer's factory as work is getting underway to inoculate the U.S. population. But Dr. Monsef Slawi, chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed, said he was concerned at the hesitancy shown by many Americans about the vaccine. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. The chief executive has announced the 2020 policy address. With measures to leverage one country, two systems and central government support and to inject new impetus into Hong Kong, we will enhance our status as an international financial center, aviation hub and INT hub. Diversify development, create land for housing, create jobs, improve people's livelihood and integrate into the country's development. Let's strive ahead with renewed perseverance. Visit policyaddress.gov.hk. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Well, a very, very good morning to you. Welcome to a new week here on The Morning Brew. Going to have the all-important rugby report from the all-important CEO of Hong Kong Rugby. That is Robbie McRobbie, 10 times the time. So after we've officially got going this week with Robbie, New York correspondent Tracy Kwan with us at 10.40. It's Sunday night in America and the country is somewhat on tenterhooks as tomorrow we'll see the crucial and massively complicated U.S. Electoral College votes. She's going to explain this, hopefully, and suggest some great books for Christmas. Talking of which, what do musicians like to listen to at Christmas? Well, this week, we'll be take, talking to some of them and asking them to choose their three favourite pieces. Had a great chat with Chris B the other day. Today, Australian conductor, pianist and broadcaster Guy Noble joins me on the line from Sydney with his top three. Also, he's got a little musical surprise for you as well. It 